Hello, welcome back to Magic Woods. This story is about the fortunate four, Lila, Bramble, and Dinky, an adventure that they had about mm, three years after they stopped the time quakes. And this story is called Sky Horse. One beautiful spring evening, Lila, Bramble, and Dinky were camping by the shores of mighty Lake Matawak. They were watching the beautiful colors of the sunset. Hmm. Suddenly, Lila noticed something sparkling on a mat of lake weed floating near the shore. She said, what's that? And she waded into the chilly water to find out. It was a silver key on a silvery chain. She untangled it from the lake weeds and then headed back to shore to show the others. And Bramble said, oh, it's beautiful. Lila peered closely at the key and she said, it's got some sort of writing on it, but it doesn't look like any kind of alphabet I've ever seen before. Hmm. It was tangled in deep water lake weeds, like the roots of a tall underwater tree. So maybe, maybe the key came from the bottom of the lake from some kind of underwater people. And Dinky said, like fishies or turtles? No, I mean like a kind of people with their own culture and language and stuff. I've heard fairy tales about the underwater folk, but I never realized they might be real. Bramble looked a little scared and he went, uh hmm, well, what, what are you going to do with the key? Lila said, it's probably important to someone down at the bottom of the lake, so I'll give it back to them. So she tied the silvery chain to a little stone, and then she swam out into the water, as far as she could go, and she dropped the stone and it sank down into the dark waters, carrying the chain and the key all the way down to the bottom of the lake. And then she swam back to shore. Bramble had already started a fire so that she could warm up. And a little while later, when she was all warmed up and dry, they went to bed inside their tent. In the morning, they saw a long silver knife, almost like a short sword, lying on the beach by the water's edge. And Lila said, wow, I wonder what that is. She walked over to the knife and picked it up. She said, it's really light, but really strong. I think it's made of space silver. And Bramble said, there's writing on it. They saw the words, Dorinda, written on the blade. And Lila said, Dorinda. That's from the ancient Mimi language. And Bramble said, wow, what does it mean? Lila said, I, I don't know. But it must have been made by my people a long time ago. But I don't know how anybody could have made something out of space silver. And Bramble said, yeah, and who put it on the beach? Dinky said, well, maybe somebody lost it in the lake a long time ago. And since we gave the underwater people their key back, they just gave us something that belongs on land in return. Lila and Bramble looked at each other in amazement, for Dinky's idea was actually a pretty good one. But then Dinky said, But I suppose it's equally likely that some sort of flying pink gorilla passed over our camp last night and pooped out the sword. Who knows? 
Lila swung the sword through the air. And she said, well, it's pretty cool, wherever it came from. <gasps> Suddenly, Bramble said, uh, Lila, look at your shadow. Lila stepped back to get a better view and saw that her shadow no longer had a top half. It was just her legs. On the ground nearby sat a little quivering pool of darkness, the top half of her shadow. And then, for the rest of her life, she only had half a shadow. And Dinky said, I think you sliced your shadow in half. Lila said, what in the world? She looked at the long knife in wonder. This thing can cut through shadows? She swung it through the air again. Shik. And Bramble said, be careful you don't hurt your... His words got cut off in mid-sentence. And Lila said, whoa, it even cuts words in half. Dinky said, wow, that knife sword is pretty darn sharp. And Bramble said, uh, yeah, maybe you should be careful before swinging it again. Lila said, yeah, you're probably right. And she spent much of the rest of the morning making a scabbard or sheath for the weapon. When she was finished, the blade hung at her side, safe in its sheath. And she said, that should do the trick. Honk, honk. They heard a honking sound in the sky, and they watched as a large goose circled overhead. An old Mimi man, dressed in heavy winter clothes, rode on its back. He landed the goose on the beach beside the fortunate four. Honk, honk, said the goose, and the man slid off its back and jumped to the ground. He was surprisingly nimble for an old fella, and he said, Are you, perchance, the fortunate four? Lila said, We are. Oh, the man took a deep breath, relieved. I've been searching for you. Bramble said, well, how can we help? I come from the land of Farnor, way to the north. Lila said, wow, I didn't know any Mimis lived up there. Well, a few of us do. It's a hard life, but there are those of us who like harsh winters and tough living. He shook his head sadly, but times have gotten worse. We haven't had a springtime in three years. Bramble said, wow, do you even have springtime up there? Of course we do. Of course, it's not like your springtime. Ours is brief and bitter. But it's when the fields and flowers and animals come alive. And we haven't had one in three years, and now everything is dying. Even Vig is dying. Its roots have been frozen too long. <gasps> Lila gasped, but Dinky said, who's Vig? Oviig is the mighty fir tree at the northern edge of the world. It leads up to the forest in the sky. Dinky said, Ah, then you've come to the right place. We're experts at saving world trees. Uh, I mean, I think we saved a world tree once. A coconut tree. Did we save it or did it try to kill us? I can't remember. Lila said, Well, we also saved the world a time or two. The old man said, Well, that's why we're asking you for help. Lila said, okay, well, we'll come with you to Farnor, and we'll try to figure out what's going on. So they climbed on the goose's back, and the goose spread its wings, and took off into the sky. And Dinky said, "Wee!" Well, it was really cold, flying up so high and so fast. The fortunate four held tight to the goose's feathers and huddled together for warmth as best they could. My wife and I live on the biggest island, on the biggest lake in Farnor, the old man shouted over the roar of the wind. Usually geese come there each springtime, 
but it's been sad the past few years. The geese still fly up to the lake in the spring, but once they see that the water is still frozen over, they leave. He patted his goose's back. But not old Gouda here. She keeps coming back and staying with us a while. Honk, said Gouda. It took them several days to reach Farnor. They could see that the land was frozen and lifeless. It's so, so sad, said the old man. I hope you three can figure out how to bring springtime back. They saw a huge frozen lake, and in the middle of the lake was a large island. They landed on the northern shore beside an old log cabin and a couple of sheds, and an old Mimi woman opened the door to greet them. She was wiping her hands on a tattered towel. Her eyes twinkled a bit when she saw the fortunate four. Oh, you found them, she said to her husband. Thank goodness. Maybe they'll figure out a way to save this land. The kid slid off Gouda the goose's back, while Dinky fell flat on his face. They were all shivering. And the old woman said, come, come, and she ushered them inside. Come get warm by the fire and have some food. They accepted her invitation gratefully. And then they huddled near the fireplace inside the log cabin, (laughs) wrapped in old quilts and fuzzy blankets. The old woman brought them some steaming bowls of stew. There isn't much fresh food left since springtime stopped happening, she said apologetically. But I was able to scrape some lichen off a rock and boil it down so it's mostly digestible. The lichen stew was gray and sludgy looking. It tasted like licking the rock walls of a musty basement. And Dinky said, Ooh, this could be a new drinky. And Bramble said, Ooh, it really could. When they were finished with their stew, the old woman brought out a tray of fuzzy green lumps, and she said, Would you all like a moss biscuit for dessert? And Lila said, Oh, no thanks. The old woman nodded, and then she sat down and sighed. Every year, for as long as we can remember, we would watch as the sky horse would emerge from the lake and herald the start of springtime. But no more, no more. Lila said, Sky horse? What's that? The old man said, Well, it's a a horse, a magical horse, a huge magical horse. And it lives, well, nobody knows where it really lives. But every year, as soon as the ice starts to melt, the sky horse would burst free from under the water and rise up into the air in a spray of lake water and rainbow-colored mist. And that's how we knew springtime had begun. And the old woman said, And then the sky horse would dance through the sky and turn into a cloud and rise up into the topmost branches of Vig, where he would dwell the rest of the year. Lila said, Wow, it sounds amazing. And Bramble said, well, what do you think happened to the sky horse? The old man said, oh, we know what happened to it. An evil spirit trapped or killed it. The old woman said, and we have it in the shed out back. Lila said, uh, you have what in the shed out back? The evil spirit. It's trapped in a magic bag and it can't get out, so don't worry. The old man said, but we're afraid of it still. It wriggles and writhes like it's trying to break free. It's most disconcerting, I tell you. And we can't kill it, said the old woman. No weapon can kill a spirit. 
Lila unsheathed her long knife. Shh! What about this? she asked. The old woman's eyes grew wide. Oh! She examined the short sword, or long knife, closely. Oh my goodness, I don't believe it. This is Dorinda, the blade made by Mandalico himself in an early age of the world. It's what he used to shape the crowns and many other things besides. It's sharp enough to slice through space silver and space crystal. Lila said, Huh, I wonder why we found it by the edge of a lake. The old woman said, Well, legend tells us that. After Mandalika was done with the blade, he tossed it into a deep lake so that it might sink to the bottom and never be seen again. Bramble said, Well, why would he do that? Well, because he knew it would be a powerful weapon were it to fall into the wrong hands. Someone could use Dorinda to cut through time or slice through armies or destroy the crowns. And then the old man said, But maybe, just maybe, it could also kill the evil spirit who stopped the sky horse. Ah, his wife smiled. Yes, I bet it could. And maybe if we kill the evil spirit, the sky horse would come back. Lila said, oh, well, then take us to this evil spirit. So they walked out to one of the sheds behind the log cabin. They opened the door slowly. They could see a small black bag on the floor, about the size of a Mimi's purse. The bag was very black, unnaturally black, like it was made of midnight or oil. And it was moving. Something inside it was writhing and wriggling like it was trying to get out. And Bramble said, huh, so that's where the evil spirit is in that bag? And the old couple nodded solemnly. They said, but don't worry, it can't get out of the bag. It's a magic bag. And Dinky said, where'd you get a magic bag and how'd you trap the evil spirit? Oh, the old man blinked. Well, we didn't trap it. A hero came to our land a few years ago and trapped the spirit himself. And the old woman said, and then he told us to guard it. And he said that if we ever found a way to kill it, we should. Lila said, huh, what was this hero's name? The old man said, well, he called himself Serve. Lila looked at Bramble and Dinky. Then she looked at the bag again. She suddenly felt sure that what was inside the bag wasn't evil at all. I think you've been tricked, she said to the old couple. We've met Serve, and he was no hero. He was the spirit in the shadows, in disguise. (gasps) The old couple looked at each other, horrified. What? And then Lila nodded at the bag. He told you that the Sky Horse had been killed or captured by an evil spirit, and then he said that he had captured the spirit and put it in this bag? Yes. Lila said, I think he was lying. I think he put the Sky Horse in this bag. She strode forward and picked up the bag. It weighed very little, about as much as a change purse. She brought it outside and set it on the ground. The bag thumped and jumped, wriggling wildly. Lila unsheathed Dorinda. But instead of slicing through the bag and killing whatever was inside, she cut the black cords that held the bag shut tight. 
And then something came out of the bag. But what came out was a beautiful white horse, the color of clouds. It flew out of the shed and into the air in a spray of rainbow-colored mist. And it grew larger every second until it filled most of the sky. It whinnied in sheer delight, galloping and bounding through the air. And then Bramble pointed at the ground and said, Look! Already the ice was melting, and a few early flowers were starting to bloom. It was like spring was happening in super-fast motion, eager to get started. The horse circled the lake a few times and then soared to the north in another spray of rainbow mist, heading for Vig, the mighty tree that led to the forest in the sky. Oh, the old man and the old woman wept. They said, we don't believe it. That whole time we've been holding the sky horse captive. That was no evil spirit. There was no evil spirit. Oh, what have we done? Bramble said, don't feel bad. Don't worry. He tricked a great many people. The old couple nodded. And then they watched as the world changed. All around them, spring was blooming. And the old woman said, oh, thank you. Thank you, you fortunate you. Lila said, you're welcome. Well, the fortunate four stayed with the old couple that night, and then in the morning, Gouda, the goose, brought them back to the southern lands. And Lila said, could you bring us to Hallowfield, please? Uh, said the goose. They reached Hallowfield several days later, and there Lila buried Dorinda in the center of the field. And she said, hopefully no evil will find it here. And she was right. The long knife that could cut through anything never found its way into evil hands. Eventually, it found its way to Old Man Oak. And then he, in turn, gave it to someone named Kitty Karate. Well, that's the end of the story, Sky Horse. The next three episodes are part of one long story that stars Kitty Karate and her friends. And that long story is called Tomorrow or Today. Goodbye.